This is Sound and Vision on KEXP. I'm Emily Fox. Lucius is out with their third studio album. It's called Second Nature. There's a range of sounds on this record to poppy disco. Heartbreaking ballads and tight harmonies. You're the heart attack I'm used to. It's hard to breathe without you in my chest. And even some Phil Collins inspired vibes and drum fills. This album was made in the middle of the pandemic when music careers and touring was put on hold. Vocalist and songwriter Jess Wolfe said the album was made during a monumental moment in hers and fellow vocalist Holly Lessig's lives. Holly was pregnant in the studio. I was going through a divorce. So there was a lot of heart and soul that went into the record. But Wolfe has gone on to say that this is, quote, a record that begs you not to sit in the difficult moments, but to dance through them. I caught up with Wolf and asked her more about the backstory behind this record. We had been on tour for such a long time that we hadn't really been able to sit down and write with any type of perspective until maybe a few weeks before lockdown was announced. So we started writing and I was already going through divorce. You know, there was many years leading up to that point. So actually having the time to sit and acknowledge it and try and reason with it somehow. I just hadn't been given that time and space yet. So we finally do. And then lockdowns announced. So Mm. it was sort of a (laughs) double whammy. And instead of shying away from it, I think my normal MO is like, keep working, keep working and like, the joy that you get from performing or the joy that you get from being around people or creating is going to take over the sadness. But I hadn't really dealt with a lot of things that I needed to deal with. And so as isolating as lockdown was, I think it was really necessary for me to attend to the heartache. But also because of the pandemic, I think it was Holly and my way of dealing was wanting to dance. Yeah. I love that this album was also co-produced by Washington's own Brandy Carlisle. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, what are some of the things that she helped on this record, like either certain songs that she really helped bring to life a new way or just what you learned from her in the process? Just having a force of nature like her in the room when you're singing, even if if you solely want to look into vocal technique and dynamic and performance, having somebody like her in the room really makes you want to up your game. Both Brandy Carlisle and Cheryl Crow sing some backup vocals on this record. I'm curious how Cheryl Crow got involved in this project. We were actually writing in Nashville when lockdown was going to go into effect. So Cheryl invited us to come stay with her. We we had recorded on her uh, duets album. I move my lips, but no one hears one word I say. So don't. I have sung with her live on many occasions. She's become a dear friend and also a constant 
source of inspiration. She's just a true badass. She welcomed us into her home while we started writing for the record, not even knowing what the record was going to be at the time. We hadn't made a plan with Brandy at that point. So this was early on. And we, I remember being in Cheryl's living room with her, playing her the first song that we had written for the record, which was Man I'll Never Find, The Man I'll Never Find. And um, she got all teary-eyed and, and made us sing it again right then and there. We did it twice. And later that night, we were watching the television, and that's when pandemic, or lockdown rather, was announced. So she was a really big anchor for us and a, and a really big support early on. And when we knew we were coming back to Nashville to make the record, we asked her to come and, and sing backgrounds on a few songs. I mean, it, it feels silly to say we had Cheryl Crow sing backgrounds on a record, or Brandy <laughs> Carlisle, or the two of them together for that matter, but we're lucky like that. I'm curious if there's a particular track on this album that means a lot to you personally, like either the backstory was powerful for you to write through or just a song that you really, really love on this record. White Lies was a big moment on the album that was sort of about that. The moment you know something's over or you decide that it really is, but you want to hold on to some glimpse of anything that's left just to avoid heartache, just to avoid the inevitable. Mm -hmm. And that song, you know, every time we sing it, I, I you can't help but, but feel it. I, I can't help but feel it still. And I, I, I really love how it, how it turned out. Yeah, I even wrote down when I was listening to the album, I wrote at the, the 240 mark, I wrote epic, <laughs> where you and Holly are singing together in a really powerful way. Just this anything else that you want people to know about this latest record? What's important to me is that people know it's not about escapism in like wanting to ignore the fact that people have had a lot of hardships over the last two years, like even still now, I mean, maybe even especially now. 
it's such a fine line to want to honor sadness and darkness, to want to acknowledge it and give it light and room to breathe, but also to want to somehow move it towards joy or bend it in a way that makes you want to move and want to celebrate something because life is short. It's such a precious time, and it has been such a precious time the last few years. And to acknowledge that there is a way to make light of the darkness if you allow yourself to, and that it's okay, it doesn't mean that you're ignoring something real or important. That was Jess Wolf of Lucius talking about the band's latest album, Second Nature. Here's the title track. My love is like a
That was Sound and Vision. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, and consider giving a one-time $20 donation to help support this show at kexp.org slash sound. Thanks for listening.